Hi folks, this is Jack Spiergo with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. Today is Friday, August the 17th, 2012, and uh, this is episode 962 of the Survival Podcast. Well, yours truly, Jack Spierko, is not actually in the studio today. Uh, you're listening to a show I pre-recorded for you. There'll be a show Monday. There might be a show Tuesday. I'll fill you in on that now. Um, I am in Vermont right now with Ben Falk at his permaculture design course. I'll be up there as a guest lecturer and a uh, guest attendee at, at Ben's invitation. It wasn't publicized because it's kind of a private appearance for his uh, his class that he has up there. And uh, I'm kind of wrapped into that, so I didn't have time to you know meet with people on the side or anything. But that's where I'm at. Uh, I'll be coming home Monday. Uh, there may be a show Monday. Ben and I are definitely going to do some recording while I'm out there. It'll be a matter of whether or not I'm able to publish from there. I'm not sure if that's going to be the case. If sh- if so, they'll actually I'm coming back on Tuesday. If so, there'll be a show on Tuesday. If not, there will be a show on Monday. I got. I'm going to tell you right now who's going to be on Monday because it's a cool thing. If you guys remember, a few months ago I covered a story about a young man named Josh Wolf. Josh is a junior at Elk River High School, and he creates algae fuel in his garage in his backyard um, for a very low cost. Uh, it almost seems impossible. I'm going to bring this young man on. He, this guy's again, he's a high school student. And I had to sync up with him on his uh, summer schedule. He's a busy young man, but he's going to be on Monday. Tuesday, again, is up in the air for now. Wednesday, we will definitely be back with a big report on the permaculture design course uh, at Ben Fox School up in Vermont. Uh, today, I have something even cooler for you, maybe, depending on what way you think. It's not a listener call-in show. This is a show with Paul, better known as State of Mind on our forum, about his project called The Bug Out Bus, where this guy takes this beat-up old Bluebird school bus and turns it into one hell of a kick-ass RV. You'll enjoy that. I'll tell you all about it in just a bit. First, let's take care of our sponsors. They do a lot to help take care of you. Sponsor of the day number one, BackyardFoodProduction.com. I'm going to put it to you this way. This is, this is what happens. You go to BackyardFoodProduction.com. You get Marjorie Wildcraft's DVD uh, set called Growing Your Groceries. You pop it into your DVD player or your computer and you watch it. And you learn how to turn your backyard into a food production machine. Because that's exactly what they've done. And they simply show you what they've done, how it works, why it works. And they even show you the mistakes they made along the way. And there's a bonus CD with a whole bunch of documents that's probably worth the, worth the cost of the entire thing alone. Check it out today, BackyardFoodProduction.com. Next up today, Fortress Defense Consultants. Hey, I know that most of you guys are armed. Most of you guys have guns. I know that most of you by now have at least had a little bit of training on how to use a gun. I know like many of you, like me, you grew up in families where guns were just part of what you did. Uh, you're, you know, outdoor families, hunting, fishing, that type of thing. A lot of people like me, you know, you guys have had military experience and you've had some level of training there. But civilian training on how to handle a deadly confrontation is extremely important, along with training on how to do things like actually heal people after an incident. Just because you're there, and even if you're able to save the day, and sometimes it can happen, an armed citizen can save the day, it doesn't mean that you can do it before anybody else is injured. And it's not just about saving lives with your gun, but saving lives of other people. You'll learn all of that and more with Fortress Defense Consultants at FortressDefense.com. Remember, the best way to visit Fortress Defense Consultants, Backyard Food Production, and any of our sponsors Go to the survivalpodcast.com first, click on their banners in the right-hand margin, you'll know you're dealing with an actual sponsor versus a brand pirate, because they're out there. Next up, remember, check out TSP Copper, Cool Copper Coins, that's all i got to say on that today. Today, I also want to remind you guys that you can meet me uh, in uh, Hickory, North Carolina, at the uh, next Self-Reliance Expo with uh, with Scott Valencia and uh, Ron Douglas. They're great guys, and they're setting up another one of those. It's September 14th and 15th in Hickory, North Carolina. The closest airport if you're going to be flying in is probably Charlotte, uh, at least of any real size. I'll be out there for those two days. And it does look like we'll do an early meetup. I'll have details about that when I return. And I also want to remind you guys you can support this show by joining the Members Support Brigade. If you do that, you'll get exclusive content available only to members. You'll get some great 
discounts, and you'll be supporting the show at 20 cents an episode. Military, law enforcement, Peace Corps, active duty, prior service. Email me before you join. Service discount on the subject line. Tell me what you did or what you're doing, and I will send you a discount code to thank you for your service before you join. Also, I also do include people like first responders, paramedics as well that are out there saving lives every day. Uh, just my way of saying thank you to those who serve at a higher level. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and get into our main topic today. Again, uh, I'm bringing Paul on, also known as State of Mind on the forum, and he is just an awesome dude, man. He has this old bus, and if, if you know if you haven't seen the forum thread yet, I promise you, after we have our interview today, you're going to want to go look at some of what he's done. And I say this during the interview, but I'm going to say it again now. Wives, I'm not responsible for it if after hearing this and looking at this, your husband goes out and uh, buys an old school bus or an M109 uh, military truck or something like that. I'm just providing information, but I, I tell you what, it makes you want to do it for yourself when you see what can be done. And you realize the low cost of entry to doing something like this compared to buying like a diesel pusher RV or something like that. And how much more it's got going for it. So without further ado... Hey, Paul, welcome to the Survival Podcast, man. All right, Jack. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, um, before we get real deep into this, could you just start out with kind of, you know, the overall project that you've been working on and, and how, like, the forum kind of played a role in that? Yeah, yeah. You know, this this started, this whole thing started, well, actually years ago. This isn't, my current project isn't the first bus I've redone. I, I've done a couple of these, but... You know, I haven't had one for quite a few years, and uh, I actually ended up selling one before I just started this most recent one. But, um, you know, I just decided living up here in Maine, uh, listening to you for about a year at that time. I think I'm going on about three years listening. Um, I started realizing, you know, something, I want to take advantage of this state. Uh, I'm a big hunter, big into fishing, I love the outdoors. And, uh, you know, I look at, you know, RVs, and I, I just wasn't real happy with a lot of them. Um, and decided that, you know, to start looking for something that I could build from the ground up, and I've done that before. And, you know, uh, ended up picking up, uh, picking up, uh, a 96 Bluebird from, uh, from eBay. And, you know, the, you can find these things anywhere, but they're, they're really pretty affordable. And, it, you know, I basically have documented it right there on the forum in the transportation line under bug out bus thread. And it starts right from the beginning. I've been real, you know, diligent about putting some, some photos in there, things like that, and some some you know ideas of where I want to go. Talking about budget and things like that, and and you know the the, the people in the forum are just fabulous. Um, in many ways, you know, it's not just the ideas for me I get from them. It's also the feedback in terms of motivation. I mean, they're just you know great job. I can't believe you did that. This is, looks so good. That kind of thing. And it you know it helps you motivate because this is definitely not an overnight. The project, you know, I, I, when I bought this bus a little over two, actually it's almost a little over three years ago now, I gave myself three to five years um, to really get it to where I want it to go. Um, but it's 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 well on its way. I've used it um, uh, quite a bit so far. In fact, I just got back from a uh, a week long trip up uh, at some property I bought a, a little less than a year ago up in northern Maine and. It just, it, it worked great. We had a, just a great time. But, you know, getting back to the forum, it just, uh, you know, the people there have been a great, uh, great help. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some other projects, you know, in that, in that line. There's a, there's a, there's a guy, uh, CMX Terra that's got an M109A, just a great thread, you know, just, uh, just a cool vehicle. I'm a little envious in some ways. And, you know, we traded some, some, some comments back and forth and it's just a real good environment. Yeah, I mean, the forum is incredible, and the relationships and the things that have come out of it are just awesome. And, you know, the, the transportation stuff is just kick-ass. Um, but when, you, when it comes to doing something like you're doing, what type of vehicle do you feel works best for this? I mean, obviously you think buses work well, school, you know, it's the school bus conversion, because you're using one. But are there other vehicles, and you have like a preference gas versus diesel, what have you? Exactly. You know, I think that the first thing anyone who wants to get into this has got to look at, Really, their 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 own personal needs. Decide what your personal vision is based on your needs, not your wants, and that's really your starting point. And then you can you can add from there. My personal needs. Um, this is hunting fishing. It, it's really like a mobile camp for me. Uh, um, so I and I to be honest with you, I like the flat nose bluebirds um, in particular. They're they're just extremely well made. Everything is very very 
durable. I mean, these things are tanks. Um, in terms of the engine, it's got, you know, the, the Cummings turbo diesel with an Allison tranny. They're, they're pretty much bulletproof. Um, and I went with diesel just because of this size of a vehicle. You know, it, 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 it does very well. I pull trailer with it. In fact, I'm hoping, I've got to test it, but I think I'm going to be able to pull my small Toyota pickup truck with it too. Um, but I, I tend to like buses. Other people have used all kinds of different things. I mentioned the M109A earlier, but, you know, their step vans make excellent vehicles, you know, in terms of if it's just you and based on your needs, if you're, you know, not looking for long, long term, um, any vans you can use, you know, there's just, there's all kinds of possibilities. Obviously, there's regular school buses too. Um, I just, you know, I prefer the, the, the flat nose. Um, the biggest thing for me that I was looking for, and they're also very popular among the people that do these conversions, are the rear engine. Um, I wanted rear engine for a couple of reasons. First of all, um, they're much quieter on the road. You know, not, not to say they're quiet, but they're, they're much quieter rather than having the engine sitting right up front underneath you. Um, second of all, there's a ton of room underneath that. You've got no drivetrain going up. So, you know, when I first bought this bus, it had um, big air conditioning compressors all the way around on the outside underneath and on the inside. I ripped all those out. Living in Maine, you know, you may be a little jealous of this down south, but I, air conditioning is not a priority for me at all. Um, heat is much more of an issue, uh, but we can get into that later. But, you know, so I, I, I looked for quite a while and, you know, looked at a bunch of different sites. Um, I ended up on eBay Motors finding this one and, you know, bought it from down in New Jersey. I ended up, I actually drove down to Jersey and drove it back up here. Um, but there's a lot of places you can go. Schoolie.net has some. Um, you, you can do Internet searches. Um, you know, every state has virtually every state, I haven't seen one that doesn't, have a place that they sell these, these school buses. School buses, you know, due to the, the restrictions and the government restrictions, they've got to get rid of them really before their time, you know, before their, their, their end of use, I guess you could put it, uh, because they've, they've got to get rid of them due to restrictions. And I think most of them end up selling, at least from what I'm aware of, is down South America, places like that, end up buying these things and using them for commercial vehicles commercial buses, things like that. So Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you flat out that the, the, the diesel buses were all over Panama and Panama City when I was stationed down there, and they were all painted up with all kinds of murals and crap, and yep. some of those buses, and I was there in the 90s, I would say some of those buses were probably from the 60s, uh, and they were yeah. still running. Exactly, and that, that's why they're in such high demand. So, you know, there's, there's all kinds of places you can find these things online, and they're a lot more affordable than people think. I mean, I mentioned on my thread, I picked mine up for just just a little over three grand. That's that's you incredible, know, and with ninety six thousand I mean, miles. You know, you know now I mean, that you mention it with the the overseas usage, if if you want to talk about a vehicle that can run for even five years, the way they get used down there, because it's not everybody gets a seat. So everybody right. gets a seat. And then everybody piles in, and then some of them have seen these racks, and people are, like, hanging off the sides of them and stuff. Exactly. So they're going way beyond the capacity that they were designed for. And they they absolutely do not get the maintenance that they should, and but they exactly. keep running. Exactly, and you brought up a great point about the weight. That was brought up on the forum several times, and, I, you know, it's a non-issue for me because it seats, you know, 30 people, you figure – at least a buck fifty, two hundred pounds a person, you know, easy. Um, that's just a ton of weight, and and that's not even close to what it handles. So when I ripped it out, I mean, I ripped this bus out right down to the metal, repainted everything with an aluminum paint, uh, put in a, a vapor barrier down, and then did insulation and then board on the floors and the walls. And so it's and then we put in a subfloor underneath it. So it's it's basically back to. You know, it's real airtight. It's warm. It holds the heat, but uh, the weight is just not a concern. I, I, you know, I don't have a ton. The, my biggest weight concern are the batteries. You know, yeah. I do have a lot of batteries in there. Yeah, well, I think my favorite picture out of the whole thread is the one of your, your you're wearing your your sandals with your cigar and watching the TV, and all you see are your feet, the cigar, and the TV in the front of the bus. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's that was taken earlier this year. It's it's you know I still have a lot more work to go, but that was a that was a good moment once I got the the TV hooked up and I've got a you know an antenna on the roof. It picks up digital signal HD. Uh, obviously, I can watch DVDs in there and. Uh, you know, I've got a, I've got my uh, my my refrigerator cooler in there, and uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. It, it works very well. Now, it 
it, it all sounds great, but it also seems like it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of effort. So where does the person start if this is something they would like to do? Well, like I said earlier, you got to decide what you want to do, how much time you have. You know, this is a hobby for me. It's, it's three to five years. You know, I work on it. I might spend a couple hours here, a couple hours there, you know, and, and it's really a, an evolutionary project, too, because, you know, I look back at some of the earlier posts and I was thinking, well, I've changed that. You know, <laughs> what I thought was going to work with this, it, it doesn't change. So you've got to be real flexible. But basically, you want to decide what your needs are. You know, if, 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 you know, you're just going to use this for camping, do you have a family? Do you have a, you know, a significant other that's going to go with you? You know, we all know that, that some of our significant others in the woods need some special, some special needs, uh, so to speak, you know. So, you, you know, you've got to weigh all these things together and figure out what you can do to make everyone comfortable. Um, so, you know, I, I did that and, and, uh, you know, there's certain things. I would recommend any bus, anyone gets a vehicle, whether it's a bus or a step van or anything, gut it. Clear it out. You know, get everything out of there. Get yourself a good angle grinder so you can cut those rusted bolts out and, uh, and, and get everything out of there. That way you know what you're starting from. It, it's really, it's mostly time. It's not a ton of money if, it, if you don't have to. I mean, I've spent a little bit more than I've wanted to, but you know, you can also keep your eyes out as you're going. You know, I picked up batteries for, for nothing because there was a, a communications company that was getting rid of these, these older batteries. Well, they called them older, but they were for a, uh, an up system that, that handles, keeps them online when there's power outage for computer systems. Well, these things are, you know, $250, $300 batteries, and they were rated at 98% still. Well, they've got to get rid of them due to, due to wow. requirements. So I picked them up. They're beautiful. I mean, that right there, I have a dozen of those. That saved me, you know, three grand. You know, now I know not everybody's going to be able to do that, but if you, you keep your eyes out, you can, you know, you, you can find deals like that. You know, I mean, I, I pick those up, but, you know, I've looked at, looked for deals on, uh, on, on solar panels. I know you mentioned a few shows ago about the Costco thing. Man, I called right away. They were gone. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. those kind of deals, if you keep your eyes open, you know, I'm, the paneling I picked up was next to nothing from a contractor who had finished a house, and he was he. I basically pulled up to a construction site and said, "You guys are almost done here. You got some extra uh, uh, three quarter inch uh, plywood. I'm looking for decking." He's like, "Oh yeah, how many sheets do you need? I need like seven or eight. Load them up." You know, wow. so you, you just gotta kind of you gotta be very opportunistic. I guess is what I'm saying. But it yeah, because those guys have already priced the materials into the job, and if they don't have another job to put it immediately to work on, it's a pain in the ass, and they'd, they'd rather unload it for a couple six-packs of beer than, than try to figure out what to do with it. Exactly, exactly. You know, and another thing uh, you keep on the eye, uh, eye out for, I've mentioned being opportunistic. Uh, here I live in a fairly small area. There aren't too much construction sites going on, but I did find one. They were redoing some work at a hotel, and I, I, I found a dumpster. And they were redoing all this insulation. And what I did was they had all this foam board, uh, you know, one-inch thick foam board uh, that they were basically throwing out beautiful sheets of it. They're four-by-four. Four. They're not full sheets. But, you know, they'd cut them from around the sink and throw the rest out. I picked up a ton of that, and that's what I ended up using as uh, as a lot of the insulation in the, in, the, in the bus as well. So, you know, that saved me money there too. Yeah, um my my question for you is also like obviously you thought this was a better route to go than buying let's say an RV. So right. why do you prefer this route than a conventional RV? Well, the way the way I look at it, buses in particular, but I you know commercial vehicles, you know they're they're built a lot better than a lot of these RVs. You know. Um, <laughs> You know, I've seen I've seen an RV after it's rolled over on the interstate. There ain't much left to it. You know, I mean, it's gone. You know, it's the, the very cheap plywood, very cheap paneling. You know, very thin walls. Um, you know, this this bus I have. I mean, this thing is is rugged. It is. You know, it's 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 got. You know, the government has certain restrictions for safety codes and things like that. Rollover tests, things like that. So. School buses in particular, and, and transport buses in particular, are very durable. I mean, this thing, you know, you, you can really see the difference. You just walk up to yourself, go up to any bus, and then go all look at any RV, and you're seeing, you know, it's riveted, it's, it's thick, heavy metal. It's, it's, they're, they're rugged. You know, the windows alone are, 
you know, extremely durable. They're meant to, you know, obviously put up with a bunch of school kids slamming them around. So, you know, that's that's the reason I went for it. And, and a lot of that came from research online, you know, reading various forms and things like that. And, you know, that's that's kind of the angle I went. I didn't want to do this again. I plan on keeping this vehicle for a while. Um, and living here in Maine with the, the four seasons, uh, you know, the seasonal changes can just wreak havoc on, on fiberglass and, and, and poor maintenance and, you know, a lot of silicone caulk and things like that. And I just didn't even want to deal with that. So, you know, this is the way, the way I chose to go was with a, with a good heavy-duty commercial vehicle. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, like, when you talk about what it looks like when an RV is wrecked, uh, I remember Mythbusters. I uh, did a whole mm. show on automated automotive myths and movie myths, you know, cars do this and hit that or, you know, breaking windows and all this different type of stuff. And one was, you know, the car goes, the 70s thing was the car goes flying down the road and does a jump and, like, goes right through the middle of a, of an RV trailer and keeps exactly. going. So they yeah. did that one, and you would not have been happy with the condition of your vehicle. But it did go right through it. It, it completely obliterated it. Basically, the only thing left of the RV was the base like the, the yeah. wall just came down it looked like it looked like somebody kicked a box apart and uh, yeah. the car was crinkled up and in bad shape but it, their, their conclusion was it could have continued the rv was done yeah yeah exactly you know and, and that's and that's that's the biggest reason you know i just want something heavy durable I don't want to screw with it. You know, I, I didn't want to deal with leaking roofs. I, would, I did look at some RVs, you know, but a lot of the roofs, you know, the, the ones that were in my price range, because I don't want to spend a ton of money, a sure. lot of the ones in my price range were leaking roofs or, you know, I go look at them and they just slopped on a gallon of, of you know, aluminum uh, weatherproof paint on the top. I know they don't know where the leak is. They're just trying yeah. to find it. You I know, just so I just, some naval jelly up on there and take care of everything. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I find corners duct tape, you know, the corners where they had hit a tree or something. It's like, you know, I don't want to deal with it, you know. So that, that's really why I chose to go to, to, go to this angle. Um, how, you know, how much experience do you think a person needs to take on a project like this? It seems like you're pretty skilled at it. Well, you know, it's, it's, it, I guess, you know, I have, I have about 30 years of homeowner's experience, you know. I'm definitely a do-it-yourselfer. Um, through those years, you know, if, if I want to put in a hardwood floor, I'd rather buy the materials and buy the tools to do it rather than pay somebody else to do it. Um, you know, I've, I, you know, I guess it's, it's easier in many cases, but, you know, I've ended up with a vast amount of tools that I've used over and over on various different projects. So I had the tools, and I, I had, you know, I think I mentioned in my notes to you, you know, I have a certain level of expertise. It's, it's not an excellent level, but it's a, it's a, it's a level that, that pleases me. I'm happy with it. I like the way it looks, you know. Molding hides a multitude of errors, you know. And it's, 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 you know, I, I, you gotta definitely have some common sense. There's certain things that I'm not, I'm not gonna screw with, you know. Um, I think it was Clint Eastwood in the Dirty Harry. You know, a man's got to know his limitations. You know, um, certain things I'm not gonna not gonna goof around with. But you know, also a lot of common sense. I, I you know, there isn't a nail in the entire bus. I know that with that vibration, I, I'm not gonna deal with nails. So oh, there's just a ton of screws, sheet metal screws, things like that. So I mean, this bus is tight. Even though these walls are only about two inches thick, they're solid. I mean, I can lean on them. I can push against them. They're it, it's put together really well. But you know, as far as the experience and the knowledge, it, you know, it, it's a great project. If you're not in a rush, it's a great way to learn, too. You know, it, there's been a couple of things that I've done, and I turn around and say, yeah, no, I don't like that. It's not going to work. So I've had to go back and redo certain things. But the way I look at it, Jack, it, it, you know, it's a lot like life. You've got learning experiences every day. You know, certain things, like I said, I'm not going to screw with. Um, you know, in many, I know you're a, you're a, you're a mechanic. Uh, I'm not going to screw around with the diesel engine. I, you know, I can change the oil in my car. I can do certain things like that. But I've got a great guy that lives up here. He's, he has a mobile service. He comes right to my house, does the work. He does an unbelievable job. So there are certain things like that. I also, where I work, I have, you know, several electricians there that can give me all kinds of information. And, and again, the forum. You know, if I have a particular question, I'll throw the question out there, and, you know, it isn't long before I've got 10 or 15 suggestions. Yeah. You know, a, great, a great example was that, you know, I was, as I was, you know, moving, uh, moving the vehicle up to this bug-out location, I was concerned. I'm concerned about security up there, and I still haven't decided whether I want to leave it up there or not. 
it's it's a very secure area, but it's it's remote, and there's a lot of hunters. And you know, some hunters tend to have a little something to drink and decide to shoot up something they find in the woods or yeah, like in. a bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, who the hell has a bus in the woods? You know. So, you know, I, I threw out a couple of questions. I got some great responses. Well, here, try this, do this. You know, I, there's there's several alarm systems that use, uh, you know, cell service. I am fortunate enough to have cell service up there. So, you know, they, but, but again, it's just the ideas and the idea sharing has been just great. You know, and I'll put in the pictures of my latest work, and, and I'll get some suggestions back. Well, if you try this, you know, you, you won't. I think my most recent one is I built these harnesses to hold my kayak underneath the bus. They're real slick. You lay the kayak down, you pull the rope, and, and they're hidden, tucked up underneath the frame of the bus. Well, uh, one of the guys saw that uh, I had the ropes positioned. He said, well, if you put some foam around those ropes, you're not going to dent the hulls of your, your kayak. Well, I was like, duh, what a great <laughs> idea. You know, yeah. so I went, and, and I, you know, I didn't use the, he, he was saying use some pool noodles to put around the rope. Well, I, I had some insulation, that foam insulation you put around sure. pipe. I had some of that. I threw that on there. It worked perfect. You know, just, just. Little suggestions like that make it real easy. Yeah, I was going to ask you on the security note. I noticed that when you were camping, it looks like you set up a couple of MERS motion detectors. Yeah, well, I, I picked up those, you know, a couple of years ago based on uh, listening to listening to you. And, you know, I use them in my house. Uh, a lot of the stuff I purchased for the bus, I use in my house. They're, it's not necessarily redundant. Some of the stuff is. I mean, I had an extra TV set, so I'll use that. But, you know, the MERS system is perfect. You know, I brought it up there. You know, I, I have two ex, two entrance points on my property, little little grass roads, but still entrance points. I put one down about 75 yards, and then the other one about 50 yards behind the bus, and the MERS system runs off 12 volt anyway. So, yep. uh, you know, I don't need to plug it in the wall. I cut the wire, put on a lighter adapter, and I have a, a bank uh, wired in there. So I just plug it in. It's, it's literally five minutes to get it going. And that worked great. And the, the beauty of that was, you know, one of the one of the times we're sitting there, I hear the alarm go off, alert zone too. I look, and there's a, you know, you could see you see a deer wandering off into the woods. Or I walk right by us. You know, we would never would have seen it. So it's awesome. it's uh, you know, yeah. There's there's a lot of things we can do, but yeah, that MERS system worked real well. I, I want to give two disclaimers before I go any further. Number one, we mentioned me being a mechanic. I now classify myself as a former mechanic. Okay, because <laughs> being a mechanic involves like busting your knuckles and things like that. And when I was like sixteen, seventeen years old, I loved doing it. And now yeah. when I have anything beyond an oil change, I get somebody else to do it, just like you do. Uh, I okay. don't want to do, and that's why I don't want to do it. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Uh, now the other one is before we start talking about some of the things you've done to the bus. Um, this is a disclaimer to all the women out there. If your husband goes out and buys a bus and starts doing this, I am not going to be held accountable or responsible for it. Uh, and neither neither is our guest. So I just wanted to say that because I want to start talking about some of the cool things that you've done. Like one of the things is you have added solar power to it. Yeah, I, I knew on my priority list right from the start, I needed power. You know, I needed power, I needed heat, I needed refrigeration. Those were three of my biggest things. You know, I, I like to be comfortable in the woods too. So I, that's one reason why I bought the 30-foot bus. I, I wanted plenty of room, you know. Um, my girlfriend's got a daughter. I want to make sure we can bring her with, and if she wants to bring a friend, great. It'll sleep. Uh, I have I have a bed, uh, two uh, a queen bed in back, two bunk beds, and I also now have a couch out front that folds out into a into a full. So I can sleep plenty of people, although I don't anticipate it a lot. But getting back to the power situation, I knew I wanted that, so I picked up. Um, I have three panels on the roof right now. Uh, I think total they add up to I think about 350 watts. Um, I have. Uh, them charging two different banks of batteries. One that I actually cut a hole in the floor right between the front tires. There's ton, again, like I said, the rear engine, there's no drivetrain going back. So there's tons of room there. So I cut that open, build a platform in there, and I have six batteries there. And then I have this, the, the uh, another bank of batteries in the back. And then I also, actually, I guess there's three banks because I have a, a bank that I use to, for the engine. The engine carries, uh, uses three, three batteries itself. So, you know, it, you know, I obviously have the charge converters and the, the monitors and all of that, and uh, it, it's worked very well. I mean, I, I know this this last week in the woods. We spent every day, um, you know, listening to music all day. I had the refrigerator running all day. Um, you know, so I had plenty of power for our usage. Lights at night, not a problem. You know, I have a great stereo in there. Um, 
you know, the fridge that I bought, uh, I actually picked up, I, I don't like to use regular fridges that you see in RVs because every time you open the door, they pour out. You know, I'm a big fan of chest freezers. I have one at home for, for when I go hunting. But So I found a really slick little fridge. They have three different models, and it's a chest fridge. It's also a, uh, what's called a fast freezer. It will actually, you know, freeze the food very quickly, although I, I will have no need for that, at least I don't think. But... Um, so I use that, and it's very, uh, it sips the energy. It's very good. I, I think my batteries, I did have three cloudy days in a row, and the batteries dropped down to about 12.7 which volts, which is fine. You know, it's, it's not bad. The next sunny day, they were up around 13.5 volts again. So it's, so far, it's worked, it's worked well, the, the, the power. Yeah, very, very cool. And, of course, they, they, they charge from the engine running as well. Uh, you, well, I haven't. The back batteries do. I, I will need to put in a switch. I haven't done that yet. I'm actually uh, planning on doing that hopefully this fall. Yeah, I definitely want to be able to charge the batteries with the engine. One way that I could charge them if I had to, I do have a small generator that I can plug right in, start it up, let it run for an hour, and they're they're fine. You know, so sure. I do definitely have some redundancy there. Well, so it sounds like so then you have one bank being charged from the vehicle, and the other bank is only being charged from the solar. Exactly. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the some of the other things I, I saw that you did, uh, it, it looks like like the, all the all the the furniture and everything is pretty much like you you built it except for I think the futon looks like it might be uh, uh, mass produced item. Yeah, I, I uh, well let's see, yeah, the futon I just picked up a mattress. I built the frame for it. Oh, okay. Um, the uh, I do have an office. Well, I guess no, it's it's a, it's a lounge, like a leather. It's not a recliner, but it's like a lounge chair with an ottoman in there. It's a it's a lightweight one that I, I it's like a computer room uh, type type chair. Other than that, yeah, pretty much everything is 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 custom built. You know, I just I, I didn't want to go out and you know pick up a little table and then try and work it in there. You know, I I, I prefer to do it myself so that you know it's it's heavy duty. I, I can also custom make all the storage. You know, most of the storage that I have in that bus. One of the biggest pains in the asses is when you're going on a, hunt, on a camping or a hunting trip, just getting everything together and put it in the bus. Yeah. So I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I designed all these storage racks so that milk crates fit in them. Ah. So all I do is I got you know I got 20 milk crates. I, I keep them in the basement when I'm ready to go camping. I fill them all up with exactly what I have. I have a little list on each one, so I put everything in there, throw them right out in the bus in their place, and I, I can have the bus packed in about two hours. That's cool. You know, That's very so it cool. It works well, but that gives me little, you know, little things. And then it's it's easy to unload. I mean, we just got back on on uh, Sunday this week, and I have got a little cleaning to do in there. But it's basically all unloaded within within a couple hours, you know. So that helps too. I think with anything going to a standardized container for your loading and unloading, or even just storage, is extremely helpful. I know that uh, kind of unrelated, but related in a way. We put a bunch of shelving into one of our outbuildings. And uh, we had a bunch of different sizes of Rubbermaid tubs and stuff like that. And eventually I said, you know what, just give that crap away. We went down, we got a clear model so we could see what was in everything. We standardized on it. I bought like 40 of them, and it was an investment. But now everything fits. We know exactly you know how many fit on each shelf. If you load one up, if it'll fit in there, it'll fit in the storage space. So I think that's extremely smart no matter what you're doing. Exactly, exactly. You're right. It is an investment. I mean, I use milk crates, so it wasn't quite that way, but it, it still, it, it, you'll have, you'll use it forever, you know. So, no, it's great. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, when you've got something like this, I mean, you know, you had an RV, space is a premium, you know, you, you've got to decide what you need versus what you want, you know. So, yeah, no, they, they, the storage is definitely a key. So, like, what are some of the things that you did to deal with the fact that, like, okay, this thing moves? Right, so if I just park it, I could set it all up like a little house in there and, and be fine. Right. Like, when it moves down the road, stuff like rolls around, like cool yeah. and well, that's you know that's another reason why I I use milk crates uh, to store my stuff because they're pretty durable. You know, they're heavy places, but they're tucked away. And then I have ways of closing the cabinets. Like I've got you know three or four cabinet doors in a row. All I have to do is slide a broom a broom handle through that when we're on the road, and they're not going anywhere. You know. Um, or, or one thing I've done, I, I have a, as far as for heat, um, living here in Maine, I gotta have heat really from, from September on. Um, I'm not gonna use it in the, in the dead of winter, but hunting season up here in October and November, I'm definitely gonna be out there in the woods. So I, originally I had a buddy that can make these small little wood stoves that are used for ice shack 
ice fishing up here. It worked okay, but it, you know I had to feed the stove every you know every hour, and I was like, this isn't going to work. So I ended up picking up a nice little yodel stove, real good quality, but you know the burn time is much better. I mean, it'll go for six hours on a low flame, shut it all down. Um, which works great, but obviously when I'm on the road, I don't want that thing flying around if I got to sure. slam on the brakes. So I, I basically uh, picked up uh, some nice uh, brackets that I mount directly through the floor to the frame, and I use these, you know, 3,500-pound ratchet straps, and it slides right into this little area that I built underneath the desk, and it holds it there. I mean, it is not going to budge. Now, obviously, if something catastrophic happens, you know, I, I'm at the front of the bus. I'm not. I'm probably not going to worry about it, you know. But it, it seriously is very, very stable. It doesn't move at all, and it takes me about ten minutes to unhook it and hook it up, and about the same to unhook it and put it back in its storage place. I've got a tool case that a rolling tool case that I bring with me. I like to have all that with me. So I, I built a little area, and, and the same thing. I mounted that right to the wall, and the straps go over, and it, it, it keeps everything really pretty tight. But, you know, stuff moving around, you got to, you know, again, screw everything down if you can. And, and how did you set up the ventilation for that, the chimney? Uh, the chimney, what I did was it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a six-inch pipe. Uh, basically, I, I cut right through the ceiling, and I have a, a permanent piece of pipe that is only about a six-inch piece of pipe uh, lengthwise that goes from the interior cabin to the outside. I basically take a bungee, I have a piece of rubber fabric that I put over the top so it's, it's watertight, and I do the same thing on the bottom. So it looks pretty decent when the stove's not there. And then basically I have a stove pipe for the interior with me, and then I have a little about a, about a four-foot uh, stack that goes on top of that. And I think you could see it in some of the earlier pictures on, on the, the smokestack on the outside of the bus. But you know, it, it, it works well. It's, you know, I've yet to have any, any issues with any smoke backing up. The draft is excellent. Um, and I can heat that bus in, I mean, it can be, you know, it can be, you know, zero degrees here and since Howland and I can have it up to 65, 70 degrees in about less than an hour. And it, and it holds it pretty good. Yeah, I would imagine it. I mean, wood heat is just, it's the best of the best. I mean, there's not. You can say whatever you want about any other technology, but when it comes to making a space warm, when you have a good wood stove, it's not oh, yeah. even just that it's warm. It's the way it feels different. That's the only way I can. It really work. does. It warms you right to the bone. And you know, there are certain precautions you got to take. I mean, you know, radiant heat. You know, I do have a a, a paneled wall that's only about. Uh, it's probably about twelve inches from the stove. Well, that's too close. So what I've done is I have a, a piece of sheet metal um, that I that I have that I painted and it looks nice and I mount it right to that wall about an inch off the wall and that provides uh, a venting behind that metal and the wall is going to cool off. Yeah, yeah so I, I'm exactly. actually looking at that picture right now where you have that piece of metal back there. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So you know, and that and that and that protects it. So um, you know, yeah. Again, it gets back to the common sense. And if you if you're not sure, ask whether it's someone on the forum or you know you've got some buddies around that that you know have some expertise. Uh, you know, you can typically typically find out an answer to the problem. Very cool. So um, the other thing you were mentioning about stuff that you could tow. You're you're looking to see if you can tow your uh, your Toyota truck. Yes. Um, I had a uh, trailer hitch put on it, oh, I don't know, a couple of months ago. And um, I ended up actually having a local guy weld it on. I went to, went to an RV store to, uh, place to see if they could put one on for me. And they're, they're quoting me like a grand, 1200 bucks, And I, no. So I went and found the one I needed online, picked it up for about 230 bucks, and then had another guy here weld it on there. And I actually had him weld some cross braces on there right to the frame for me. Because I told him, I said, I'm going to want to pull my, my, you know, a small vehicle, a small, I got a little Toyota Tacoma pickup, not a huge truck, but um, definitely something I need up there. And, uh, you know, now he's welded that. It's all set to go. I have not transported the truck yet. I'm a little concerned about the engine. Can it handle that weight? So what I did was I do have a small utility trailer. I, a trailer. I loaded the crap out of that this last trip up there, and it, it was no problem at all. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going go to go to U-Haul or something and rent one of those little dollies and try pulling it around a little bit. and Get, get a feel for it, too, because I mean, it would be a, a huge thing, right, because... The one downside that I've always had with uh, any kind of uh, an RV, be it a Class A, a Class C, that's a drive thing or a bus conversion, is 
okay, if you're hunting in the woods, it doesn't really matter. If it's especially just the guys drinking beer at night and shooting deer during the daytime, no worries. You have right. kids, wives, and stuff, and all of a sudden somebody wants to go to town and get ice cream or whatever. Exactly. Now I'm firing up this 30-foot vehicle, and to exactly. have this small runner vehicle to run and do stuff like that is huge. And for a bug out, that's also a big thing, right? Because you might want to be mobile, but you're going to be uh, using less fuel. You want to be less conspicuous, what have you. So I think it would be an awesome thing if it works. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I my other my other vehicle I have is a small, tiny little Hyundai Honda Accent, you know, it's, it's, I know I can pull that thing if I have to, but I, I prefer to have my four-wheel drive little truck up there. Um, you know, the other Especially options... Especially where I you're did, going, right? I mean, it's not like you're, you're going to, you know, Joe Blow's campground on Lake Titicaca or whatever. You're going right. out into the, the wilds where you would want a four-wheel drive vehicle. Well, exactly, and I mean, the roads here are great, but, you know, there's... I have needs. I mean, when we went up there just, just for camping and really just to run through the systems to make sure everything worked, you know, I needed the four-wheel drive truck to go up and down some of the roads, and, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I don't even have to worry about wood up there because it's, there's within three minutes of my land, there's uh, huge old lumber uh, camps that have just mountains of old logs. And they're oh, wow. not, they're dried. I mean, you know, Kugel culture heaven, you know. Oh, wow. And, and so, you know, and, I, and that's on my plan too. I mean, I can go there, fill the back of the truck up or, or drag some big stumps back. I mean, there's all kinds of wood there. I, I don't have to get firewood for 20 years. That's you know, cool. So. It makes me think of, uh, I was at the Dallas RV show one time. And uh, they had a huge Class A. I mean, one of these things is like, you know, you and I would never own one if we had the money because we have better things to do with our money. Right. You know, one of these things is like an $800,000, you know, pusher. And right. uh, decked out like a mansion. And the guy opens the back end of it. And inside of it is a smart car. So oh. you drove the smart car out of this thing and it lifted it up like, you know, like one of those things you put a wheelchair in the back of a wheelchair accessible van with yeah. and like yeah. split in there. So wherever you went, you had the smart car. You weren't towing it. It was it was yeah. inside, so it was really for. They said you know they were marketing it to basically very affluent people that have that retirement dream. They're going to buy the big motor coach and just go everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and it was real. It was like you know if it had been an Austin Martin or something, it was like a James Bond thing. Uh, yeah, right. But, but because it was a smart car, it really kind of wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And then they they but they spent all that money and it probably used it for a year and said yeah no this isn't going to work. Yeah, I I, you know? I don't know, man. I mean. I have to do. I do have to say that one with all the pop outs and everything. I was like, yeah, I could live in this. It looked like something yeah. a rock star would have, like to tour with, without the smart. Exactly. But, yeah. But anyway, I mean, that's really cool because I think that's a big thing people need to look at. Like, because I saw one guy the other day, he was hauling ass in a Class A. He had um, a boat and a car behind it, and I was going, I just don't know that I would be comfortable towing that. Ooh. I mean, that was just, it looked like a train, you know? Yeah. And I was, I was doing like 70. We were getting ready to get off, and the speed limit was like 75. And I, so I just kicked it out of cruise. And he went by me when I was doing 70. He must have been doing 10, 15 miles an hour more than I was. Oh. And, and yeah, flying no, down uh, 30, and I'm like, jeez, you know? Yeah, but if you can take that extra vehicle, that is great. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that you, what you just said brought up a point um, as far as the speed and all of that. You know, when I first bought this, it's real important to look into your state regulations because the vehicle I have is a 30,000-pound vehicle. It requires a CDL license, which I do not have. Huh. And it has air brakes. Well, I went to the state police and I said, okay, does, if it's a motorhome, does it need a CDL? And he said, no. And he said, quite frankly, that's the thing that scares the crap out of us most because you have these retired couples go out and buy a 30,000-pound Class A RV and just start driving it around town. You yeah. don't need any kind of special license. So I said, okay, well, what do I need to do to turn this commercial bus into an RV to make it so I can register, re-register it, and certify it as an RV? And he said, you got to have two things in it. You've got to have a bed. And you've got to have a bathroom. Okay. And I said, I said, okay, uh, the bed's no problem. I said, I gotta be honest with you. I'm, I'm using this as a hunting camp in the woods. I'm, I'm gonna have a, an outhouse up there. I'm not gonna have a bathroom. I don't want to deal with black water. Um, I'll deal with gray water for showering and things like that. And I said, what do you mean by a bathroom? He said, all you need to do is go to Walmart, pick up one of those portable potties, throw mm. it in there. Excuse me, throw it in there and it's good to go. So, you know, I did that, showed it to him, no problem, done. 
and it was re-registered as an RV, and uh, my insurance, you know, I was thinking, how much is that? I checked on it. It's 400 bucks a year. You know, oh, okay. it, it, it's no problem, um, you know, and uh, so, the, but that was a, a big thing. Anyone who's looking into this, before you, you lay your money down, make sure you figure out how you're going to re-register this thing as an RV. Yeah. You know, most and, states you can do it. Some are easier than others. Some are impossible, but most states you can do it. And some states are impossible to live in, so, I mean. Yeah, really. <laughs> but, but yeah, like you're saying, like, just because that's the case in Maine doesn't mean that it'll be the case in, in, in another state. So that's yeah. something that you'd want to have that information before you spend three or $4,000 on a used bus. Exactly. Uh, and a plan for how you're going to execute it. Now, you yeah. do have, you, you mentioned not having to deal with, like, Blackwater and all, but you, you do have, like, a sink in there, don't you? Yeah, I have a sink, and, and I, you know, the tanks aren't hooked up. That's what I'm doing this winter. I'm going to be putting the tanks in. You know, again, this was assessing my needs. I, I don't need the bathroom. I don't want to, you know, this bus is never in its lifetime going to be at some KOA campground. It's just not my style. It, you know, it's, I'll go off on some, some lumber roads and hang out. But, you know, I'm not going to have... I just don't want to deal with the Blackwater situation. I have no problem. Uh, you know, I have a little setup that I can go, you know, go to the bathroom in, but I do want to have a shower. I've got a shower in it already. Um, I've got all the pumps and everything I need to hook that up. I do want to have clean water and then gray water. Okay. Gray water, I can just drain off anywhere. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no, really no issues, um, issues for it. So, you know, my overall goal is I'm gonna I'm gonna hook up these pumps this fall and then hook up the tanks this winter and I'm I'm planning on having two fifty gallon tanks. Okay, so hundred um, gallons, that's quite a bit. Yeah, you know, that should be enough. I mean I just went a week and we had uh, about fifteen, twenty gallons that we used, uh maybe another ten gallons for drinking, but you know, it, it's fine. I'll bring the drinking water with me in those, you know, little five gallon bottles you buy, but you know, as far as, you know, cooking and, and showering, uh, you know, I can I can run up. My plan is is I already have a well on the property that I bought. It's an old hand-dug well, and it's about 30 feet deep. And, I mean, I'm in the middle of a fairly substantial drought up here in Maine, nothing compared to what you guys are seeing down there. But up here, and the well is still fine. You know, I mean, it, okay. it's low. But I can. Uh, my plan is I'm going to basically drop a hose down there and, 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 and siphon the water right out of it. You know, awesome. siphon it right into my tank. So that's that's my plan with that. I'm not sure if it'll work. We'll see. You know, I think eventually I'll definitely have a well put in. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'm still trying to figure out how I want to want to power that because there is no power on the property, and I'm not really interested in putting that yet. Yeah, I mean, one thing you could look at is just a, a pump into that well to to mm-hmm. pump water into your tanks and run that off your 12 volts and. It's a drain, but it's only a drain once in a while. It's only a drain when you're just, you fill up 100 gallons, you're good for, you know, a few days at least before exactly. you have it again. Well, another idea this mechanic of mine is telling me to do, um, he's, he's already going to install a higher output, um, 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 generator for me on the engine, but he said, you know, we can get a hold of a water pump. I had two big air compressor, uh, air conditioning compressors pulled off the engine. Yeah. He said, I can go out and get a pump hook it in here and rig it Ooh. so I can start the engine and it's going to suck any water from any distance right into my tanks. So you'd have so your I own know, pump, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, you know, I'll still do the 12-volt thing, but it would be nice to be able to, you know, if I'm out or out on the road and I pull up and I'm out of water and I need, you know, shower or cooking water, I, you know, I can pull up to a, to a nice, a decent, pristine stream and siphon it right out of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That would be really cool. I've never heard of anybody doing anything like that before, but that that would be really awesome. Again, women, I'm not responsible if your husband gets a project out of this. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's been a few comments like that on the uh, on the. And neither uh, is Paul. Well, Paul's not responsible. He's just telling people what he did. That's and if right. Cool enough to get them to act, then then that's 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 uh, that's them. That's not us. And they've also got a doghouse to be sent to. You know, they've also, it's like, as my girlfriend says, well, if you're ever, you know, if we're ever in a fight, I've got a nice doghouse I can send you to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when we built the one for the dogs, I built a huge doghouse for the dogs. And, I'm, and my wife said, why is it that big? I'm like, if you ever send me out there, I'm going to be better off than in a tent in the woods. There you go. <laughs> so I'm like, she starts threatening to do it the one time. I said, I'll put an air conditioner in that son of a gun in a TV set. Don't push me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, it's interesting that you guys up there look at air conditioning kind of the way we look at heat down here. Like, I mean, during the day, I could heat a school bus by parking it in the sun even when it's cold out. Um, yeah, but yeah. but up there, it's a different story. And then down here, like, 
people that say like you don't really need an air conditioner, they don't live in Texas. I'm just no. saying, you know, there's a reason the population of the South was very minuscule until you know until uh, what's his name, Doctor, what's his name, was it York, whoever he was that invented the uh, air know. conditioner, right? Uh, you know. It's uh, it's one of the greatest inventions of mankind, as far as I'm concerned. But, but hey, I, I've enjoyed uh, you sharing with us what you've done. Hopefully, you do inspire some people to uh, do similar things. It makes me want to do it. Uh, I got a move to take care of next, but uh, yeah, you're, you're I, busy enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would be happier with something like that than I was with an RV. Honestly, uh, it was the first and last RV I'll probably ever own. Um, yeah. yeah. If I ever did own another RV, I'd want a completely different type of RV, I would say, as well. Uh, but I really did enjoy towing it. Um, it was fine towing it all on the back roads and all, but when you go through a city that was doing major construction and you got a diesel rig on both sides of you and the damn thing's bouncing and swaying around behind the truck, it's it's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> so anyway... Um, People can find out more uh, about what you're doing, see pictures, everything on the thread, on the forum. I'll put a link in uh, today's show notes, and I'm sure you'd be happy to uh, to uh, respond to comments on the blog or at the forum. Oh, absolutely. Not a problem at all. Absolutely. All right, folks, and with that, this has been Jack Spirigo today, along with uh, Paul, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. There's nothing I can do It's the price we pay, I guess We follow all the rules There's a better way to do this Let me show you a better way Shut is